Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ. And finally, good weather, Missoula, Montana. Joining me like he does each week is the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Levanowitz. Stone is coming to you from his broadcast center in the sunshine state of Florida. Well, Stone, the weather finally broke here, so I'm able to be back in the studio this week. I want to thank you and all the listeners for putting up with kind of that subpar audio that we've had the last couple of weeks. But when it's minus 55 degrees, wind chill outside, and there's ice on the road, this southern boy stays at home. Yeah, but Kev, here's the thing. We were the only ones posting episodes on these dead weeks. We were the only ones pumping out the content. So yeah, the audio might have been a little on the downside, but here we are back again, and this one's for all the marbles. It's kind of like it's our job to do it. I think so, right? I think so. So, all right, so here we are. Frisco, Texas, national championship game. Sunday, kickoff, 2 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. But how did we get here? Well, first up, Let's talk about the North Dakota State Bisons' road to Frisco, Texas in the national championship game. They beat Montana 49-26 to in a game that NDSU looked like NDSU and Stone. They ran the football uh, for a lot of yards, kept Montana from doing so. That was a good win. Then you had kind of the ho-hum victory versus Sanford, which could have been a lot closer if Sanford would have played the the unanimous SoCon Player of the Year quarterback the whole game. And then we had probably one of the best FCS games that we're ever going to see, regardless of what happens this week down in Frisco, when North Dakota State was able to outlast Incarnate Word 35-32. to Now, when you look at that group of games there, Stone, NDSU, the last two, wasn't quite the rushing team they had been all season and against Montana. And I think Sanford had some athletes on the defensive line, and I think Incarnate Word really surprised people that North Dakota State was just not able to line up in obvious run formations and push them around and run the football. I don't think that bodes well for them today down in Frisco. Yeah, I have to agree with you in that sense. And when you think about it, those games that we just hit on, they put a lot of bad things on tape for South Dakota State to kind of tee up, and they've had a long time to prepare for that sort of things. But, yeah, when you look back at that Sanford game, you know, 166 yards rushing for the Bison, I, I'm pretty sure going into that, like, they expected more. And Cardinal Word, they expected more. And Cardinal Word bowed up. They, they were ready to stop the run. And it doesn't seem like it's a good recipe when you're coming against the number one rushing defense in the country. Of course, right? Nothing wise there. I didn't say anything that nobody else knows. But, yeah, you're right. When you go back and look at some of these box scores and statistics, and I know they've been down, guys, right, to, to Merrick Williams, right? It's just been Kobe. There's no Lepke lately it's just been Kobe and they haven't put up the numbers they're used to so I think it's a question mark going into this game for sure South Dakota State their road to Frisco they dominated Delaware 42 to 6 they doubled up Holy Cross 42 to 21 and they beat Montana State 39 to 18 now when you're looking at their body of work here in the playoffs they just completely dominated Delaware and this is a team that had an FBS win and they beat a rushing team in that FBS win the Naval Academy for the South Dakota State defense just to go out and dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball the way that they did against the Blue Hens was impressive. Then you had Holy Cross, where I'll say it again in case people are listening, I was sort of wrong about Holy Cross. They're a much more physical team than I gave them credit for. But Matthew Saluka was the difference running quarterback. They were able to do some things against that Jacks defense. And then you thought maybe through the transitive property that would have carried over to the Montana State game, right? Nope. Didn't. <laughs> They dominated South 
Montana State, and it wasn't even close and made Tommy Millat have to throw the football, which he did better than I think most people thought he could. But they've been dominant in these playoffs, the Jackrabbits have. And they come in, I don't know how else to say it, but I think the Jacks come into this game. I mean, Stone, they're as hot as the hinges on the gates of Hades, bro. Oh, that was, that was good. Last week it was hotter than fish grease. I like that one, though, well, right there. You know, i got to work something out every week. <laughs> and the Bison kind of come into this thing limping a little bit, don't they? All beat up on the defensive line, down some players that entered the transfer portal at the end of the season and also who have gotten hurt in the playoffs. And Matt Entz, I don't like to look in his eyes in these press conferences. I think he thought he was going to get some of these guys back, and it doesn't look like he's going to. Yeah, when the Bison fans, this has kind of been the main narrative, right? That we've had a long time to prepare. Everyone's going to be healthy. But you're right on the money with that, Kev, talking about Entz, body language. When he's asked questions about guys' injuries, right, he's not answering really quick, and he's not answering, I'm sure, as confidently as a lot of Bison hopefuls would look for. But I wanted to touch on that Holy Cross game and what Matthew Sluka was able to do. Yes, I understand we expected Tommy Malott to follow suit and torch them on the ground, kind of like Matthew Sluka did, not going to lie. And of course, I do want to double down on what you said earlier. We were wrong about Holy Cross. Although I do think majority of the weight was pulled by Matthew Sluka, I think overall we were wrong on that Holy Cross Crusader team. They were a problem. And we expected after Sluka was gashing them left and right, Malott to do the same thing. And that didn't happen. But I think that game right there, South Dakota State 39, Montana State 18, is an outlier. I don't think that's one where you put on the tape if you're South Dakota State and you say, oh, well, there's a lot we learned. No, they just dominated flat out. Like, chalk it up to domination. So there's something in the back of me that thinks Cam Miller's going to go off on the ground. I just think in a game like this... The secondary is going to tighten down and batten the hatches. Up front, they're going to be okay. But I have a feeling Cam Miller's going to take a lot from Matthew Saluka and kind of just go off on the ground. I just have a feeling. Well, look, the dropback passes that were called that turned into running plays against Incarnate Word, they were just that. They had no intention of throwing the football. Right. That's what Gent said. They just called pass plays and said, don't even try to throw it. Just pull it down, drop back, pull it down, and run it. So they might not have been design runs when they put together it on, in the offseason uh, calling pass plays, but that is what they ended up really being. So I think it's going to be very telling to see, because look, Miller's had some of his best games against South Dakota State. So it's going to be very telling to see. I think we'll know quite early. If you're North Dakota State, you're going to have to come out, man, run some plays, get him comfortable, make him throw the football, because in the Frisco era, the team that's had the best quarterback play has won these football games and won the national championship. Yeah, and that's interesting because in Coach Stig's press conference, I believe it was Matt Zimmer who asked him, hey, earlier on in the season, it was Cam Miller who was 12 for 12, or two times ago when you played them, he was 12 for 12 and he was really efficient, and then obviously you saw him against Incarnate Word with one pass completion. You know, how are you guys approaching protecting the pass? against the Bison, and Stig said, hey, listen, those two games are not what Cam Miller's about. They are not at all indicative of what he brings to the table and what we should be looking for. And I thought it was a really well-rounded answer, but I got to think that Coach Stig's kind of holding his cards close to his chest there because this guy's coming in after a semifinal game and throwing one completion. He's low on confidence. That's a fact. And yeah, like you mentioned, he's going to be looking to pull the ball down. So that's kind of where my eyes are. It's on Cam Miller again, Kev. This 2 p.m. kickoff on ABC going up against the NFL, 
well was interesting. <laughs> and I have a take on it, but I want to hear what you think about it first. Though. Well, I mean, it makes sense, Kev, right? Money talks and the NFL is king. But we did chat earlier and you said he has somewhat of a conspiracy theory. Please, please give that to the people. I'm dying to hear what it is. Well, I'm in the corner sweating in the fetal position thinking about this, right? <laughs> so, uh, look, ESPN owns the rights to the bowl games, correct? Almost all of them, the ones that you see broadcast by them anyway and on ABC. Yes. And they cannot put the FCS championship game as a standalone that they played it at 7 o'clock on Saturday night or at some point where there's no competition. If it draws big, big numbers because it's the only game on and you put it on ABC, doesn't that cheapen the bowl product that people are watching? Maybe not in the millions, but some of them anybody's hardly going to them and nobody's watching them doesn't that cheapen your product a little bit that you just paid a crap ton of money for so i think maybe this is by design you know there's obsolescence by design in most all machines that we have right just go buy another one don't fix it (laughs) i think that this is what this is exactly what this is they don't want this game to be standalone with no competition because it'll make their bowl product and its viewership look bad and that will cheapen their investment i don't necessarily hate it it makes sense because there have been a lot of ugly crowds in some of these bowl games that's a that's a fact like they've been ugly they've been outed and exposed on social media so not gonna lie i kind of dig what you got going there kev well look i'm pleased that bill schwanke award voting it went extremely well and coming up next we'll unveil the winner and have an interview with the winner of the 2022 bill schwanke award for excellence in fcs play-by-play broadcasting later on stone will sit down with zach willis from bison report we'll preview the game and then we will pick the national championship game All of that and much, much more is coming up next right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network each and every week. You know the voice, you know the segment. It is the Stone Cold Quarterback segment, but switching up a little bit different this week. Last week and the week before that, we had Mark Gronowski on quarterback for South Dakota State. This week, switching it up a little bit. Grabbed one of North Dakota State's Bison Report podcast members. He hosts the Benchwarmers. You can find it anywhere. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. The Bison Report Radio Network is where you will find Mr. Zach Willis. At Zach Willis 57 on Twitter. Please give him a follow. Zach, thanks for hopping on today. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Ready to chop it up about some football. That's right. That's right. Big one this Sunday in Frisco. 2 p.m. kickoff on ABC. It'll be right in the mix of all those NFL games, which us FCS fans are obviously not too happy about, but we'll still do the numbers. Still got one of the biggest games on the entire day on Sunday. South Dakota State, North Dakota State, it's going down. Zach, I wanted to ask you right off the rip, how are you feeling about this line? It opened up at three and a half to the Jackrabbits, climbing all the way up to five now. This total's at 47 and a half. Too high, too low, accurate. What are your thoughts? I think, you know, these Vegas guys are pretty good at what they do. So uh, especially in the, in the total department, I like that 47 and a half. I think it's going to go over, to be honest with you. Um, I like points. I'm an offensive guy, so I I guess the way my gambling resume is, I should just bet the under if I want to see more <laughs> points scored. But I, I do like the Bison at plus five. You know, three and a half is, you know, kind of getting to where maybe that would make more sense. I think five is a lot of points for the Bison. 
And I guess it doesn't really matter to me because I think the Bison went out right. Total homer take, by the way. Hey, it's all good. It is all good here. Coming up in this next segment, me and Kev will make our predictions. So, Zach, I will keep that to myself, even though you probably already know where I'm leaning. FCS Nation, (laughs) if you've listened for even a week prior, you know where I'm leaning in this game. And it's obviously the way of the Jacks. That's why I wanted to bring Zach on. I wanted to chop it up, kind of clash heads. Zach, overall feeling about the game. Obviously, you know, they're typically not used to being an underdog in this spot. Do you think it's warranted this year? It was plus 800 for you guys to even get to this point and possibly win the trophy, but how are you feeling? You optimistic? You know, I, I have gone through a lot of emotions in the last two weeks, um, kind of just processing. I would lean towards optimistic, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Um, it, it's one of those things where I might just hunker down in my basement and not watch the game with anybody else. You know, it's just this team is built to beat the Bison, I think. Uh, I think this will be the most formidable foe that the that NDSU has seen in Frisco. Um, excited, a little bit optimistic, and nervous. That's how I describe my emotions. That is a, uh, a dangerous con- Concoction, if I if I yeah. may. The Jacks have taken the Bison in the last three matchups they've had. October 15th of this season took them down 23-21. So I get your concoction. I get your your worry here. I think that it is warranted. This is, uh, I think, going to come down to at some point in the fourth quarter be a close game. Zach, I have been, and I'm typically the guy who is against guys talking on teenagers' names. I, 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 I hate it. But I've done it with Cam Miller this season. I have. I have not been a fan. I've been open and honest about kind of what he's incapable of doing more so than what he's capable of doing. Again, I hate doing this, but man, I've voiced my my, my opinion on Cam Miller a lot this season. Obviously, against Incarnate Word in the semifinal, finished the game with one completion for five yards. You know, if you had to go to bat for Cam and talk about what his strengths are, what he can bring to the table, and what we possibly We'll see him bring to the table come Sunday. Gas him up a little bit. Yeah, I think Cam, I played with Cam for two years, and I think uh, his strong suit, even as a young guy while I was there, was his leadership ability. He's somebody guys look at and lean on that even if he's having a bad game, he holds himself accountable and holds others accountable. And, you know, I think that makes up for a lot um, rather than a guy who kind of shrugs everybody off and pouts if they're having a bad game. Um, I'd be lying to you if I said that I think we win if Cam had the same level of performance as he did against Incarnate Word mm. because I don't think we will. Uh, I think he needs to play better. But just in that game manager facilitator uh, era, I would almost compare it to uh, a former Bison, one of the all-time greats here, Brock Jensen. You know, not as skilled as Carson Wentz or Trey Lance. Uh, Not going to, you know, blow your doors off when you look at film. But, hey, man, the guy just wins. Um, And I think that is what he can lean on, that experience in the tough times and his leadership. The other 10 guys in the huddle looking at him and say, hey, what are we going to do here? And he has an answer every time. I love it. Coming from a guy who's actually seen it up close and personal, yeah, I can't really knock the hustle when it comes to him being a leader. It is evident the guys love him. It is evident why they are successful because when you have a guy like that at the helm, it makes sense when there's so much success and it just seems so poised a lot of the time when he plays and he's able to tuck it and go, which that part of his game I do respect. He's very weary of down and distance and able to use his legs a lot of the time. Zach, what's annoying you most about South Dakota State Twitter right now? I think that's some of my favorite stuff to do is surf Twitter and try to find narratives of some of these big games. What are Jack fans doing right now that's really pissing you off? Uh, what annoys me most is that they think even if they win this game that they're the same as us. 
And, you know, that's very, <laughs> very, like, arrogant and hard-headed, but it's it's true from a Bison fan's perspective. I was born and raised in Fargo. Always, I've bled green and gold my entire life. And for this run and this dynasty, would it hurt if we went down there and lost to SCSU? Very much. They would have the bragging rights, but that program is not on the same level historically as the Bison. You know, whatever. I can deal with a lot of... Uh, I don't, obviously these guys, you know, like when people talk about guys you played with on your college team, you get, you take a little more offense to it. Of course. So I kind of, you know, whatever that is what it is, but, um, just, I, I, I can deal with even thinking the Jackrabbits are going to win because I think it's a toss up right now. Vegas disagrees, obviously, but, uh, I think one or two plays could make this thing. Um, but to act like, you know, they're the new sheriffs in town is a little getting a little big for their britches. And Zach, end it with a score prediction. I'm going 31-27 Bison. Okay, so you think the score gets up there going over the total. Bison get it done by four. All right, all right, there it is. Are you actually making the trip to Frisco? Are any members of the Bison Report making the trip? Um, I believe Ross, our head editor, is handing down. Uh, Quinn just had a baby, my co-host of the Bench Farmer, so shout out to Quinn. He's going to be locked in the house for the foreseeable future and then my guy trevor gebhart uh from south carolina is heading there love to hear it hopefully i meet those guys shake the hands zach willis at zach willis 57 he is a proud member of the bison report co-host and host most importantly of the bench warmer podcast which can be found on the same network of course on apple spotify wherever you listen to your podcast zach thank you so much for joining the stone cold Quarterback segment, even though we did it a little differently this week, excited for the game Sunday. Good luck to your boys. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. You know, I consider myself an honorary quarterback, so it still counts. (laughs) Still counts. Absolutely does, (laughs) folks. Zach Willis, when we come back, me and Kev will get to our picks. We'll lay the predictions down and why we think the score is going to end up that way, so stay tuned for that. But for right now, you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks again to Mr. Tyler Merriam for making the time this week, and congratulations to him for being the winner of the 2022 Bill Schwanke Award for Excellence in FCS Play-By-Play Radio Broadcasting. Look, Stone, the people that we have involved in this thing, you know, from Tim Brando to Paul Paps to Freddie Coleman, down to little old you and little old me (laughs) and all the members of the committee around the country who weighed in on this and voted on this, I want to say thank you. I think, look, every one of these guys who was nominated, who you heard do their best calls of the year the last several weeks, were deserving and should have and probably could have won this award, but I want to thank all the voters, all the nominees. It's been a really great second year of the Bill Schwanke Award. Kev, just absolute legends. If you go down the list of these guys, their history, where they've been, players' games that they've called at those schools, people they've met, it is amazing to just think about the body of work of all the award finalists, right? The Bill Schwanke guys that we had people vote on, big names that you're talking about, and then little old us. I cannot wait for next year's, and I can't wait to kind of dive into a lot of these play-by-play guys. I've said it on two back-to-back episodes of ours that are the heart and soul of the football team. So shout out to Tyler Merriam. Shout out to the Jack Rabbits play-by-play crew, staff, everybody who puts in all that work because it's a big award. Big, big award. And like I said, a bunch of legends on the list. Well, let's get right to 
previewing the national championship game 2 p.m eastern time on sunday on abc television live from frisco texas and toyota stadium stone we have the number one seed south dakota state versus the number three seed north dakota state and they've played one time this year and south dakota state won south dakota state has beat north dakota state three straight ball games and ndsu's retort to losing to the jackrabbits in the regular season is yeah you got a rock but we got rings that are made of rocks that are diamonds and are, and, and are worth way more uh, than your piece of granite that we play for during the regular season. And that's always been a pretty darn good comeback, Stone. I mean, absolutely, right? We're talking about nine of the last 11, searching for 10 of the past 12. Just hearing those statistics out loud, I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. And for these two teams to match up, I, I can't say under the lights, right? I can't say under the brightest lights because it's a 2 p.m. kickoff. But on the brightest stage of them all, you couldn't have drawn it up any better it feels like a movie script, especially after the 23-21 victory that the Jackrabbits had earlier on in the season, I believe on October 15th. You just got to think the stakes are even higher. And this is the biggest game, I think, on both of these rosters, all of the players' careers, if you ask me. Well, look, the Jackrabbits were able to limit North Dakota State's running game in that first matchup. And Cam Miller probably had his best game as a college player, I think. Was very efficient throwing the football through for over 200 yards, moved them down the field, kept them in the football game. And I think that we're going to have to see that again. And I, I don't expect the Bison to try to turn into an air raid team. That Miller's just not the guy who's going to be able to do that for you. But I do expect to see them, you know, get some screen game going. Uh, you know, get some, uh, you know, short passes, uh, you know, maybe uh, even empty the playbook just a little bit to try to keep that Jackrabbits defense off of them. And I just don't think they're going to be, be able to line up and run the ball stone. I don't think anybody's going to be able to do that against South Dakota State. So it makes for an interesting matchup. And, you know, look, you were a quarterback very recently in this same conference, played these teams. What is it about these two defenses that makes it so difficult to game plan against? Everybody goes in to play them with a plan, but just can't execute it. I hate that. The answer is so cliche, but it is. They are just the most fundamentally sound, no-frills football. This is just what they do. It, it, it makes no sense to people who don't pay attention to the FCS, right? Because it's 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 a different style of football. That's just bottom line what it is. It's a quote from Coach Stig. He said earlier this week, quote, when we compete against each other, it isn't 52 to 48. Throw the ball around the field. I mean, it doesn't even make sense to both of our offenses. It's going to be two really good defenses defending two really good running offenses. And see, that's the difference. There it is right there. A coach outright admitting that they're not going to do anything fancy. They're going to play good defense and run the football. It's almost Belichick-like from both of these guys. Like what you expect is a big offensive line at the 605 Hogs are no joke. North Dakota State is a pipeline for the NFL when it comes to offensive linemen, right? Anybody who's gone is successful from North Dakota State and Fargo. So there's really no secret to the recipe, Kev. What you see is what you get. I don't expect these teams to empty out the playbook. There's just something Thing in me that's saying, hey, you're gonna, everyone's gonna get excited. This is such a big game. This is such a big game. But we know what we're gonna see. We're gonna, we're gonna see both coaches try to be very stubborn. Both defenses play their game, right? We're gonna see North Dakota State play that cover four, have those safeties run the alley, be aggressive, try to force turnovers and get those sacks and tackles for losses, right? What they always do. And then we're gonna see South Dakota State trust those guys in the secondary, dial up some pressures. Yes, what they always do. I don't know if we're gonna get anything out of the ordinary come Sunday, Kev. I just can't see it happening. Look, normally you would say gotta put pressure on the quarterback, make him uncomfortable. Well, with this bunch, these two teams, and this football game, man, I'm not sure if you really want to do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because, look, 
Mark Gronowski can hurt you with his legs. So can Cam Miller. I mean, we've seen it. And maybe you just want to stay in your lanes when you're rushing. Don't give them an opportunity to get outside or a hole to get through if there's nothing open down the field. I think here, yeah, you'd like to get a whole bunch of sacks and, you know, and, and make it really uncomfortable for the quarterback. But if you can't do that, well, you certainly don't want to leave the barn door open and have your defensive backs play with their backs to the line of scrimmage covering receivers who are running them out of the play, which is what happened to Incarnate Word. And if we think back, that's the same thing that happened to James Madison in the national championship game. The DBs played the receivers down the field in man coverage, had no idea the quarterback was running the football, and it cost them a chipper. It cost Incarnate Word a berth in this national championship game. So I think you just got to play real discipline on the defensive line and in your linebacking core. I don't know if you can just line up and blitz a whole bunch either of these two quarterbacks, Stone. I think that's a really underrated point because if you were to ask Entz and you were to ask Stig, they would tell you that ideally the plan on defense is to bend, don't break. Like that is all they want to do. It turns into an analytics game. It turns into a stylistic matchup of two stubborn styles of football being played here. I think, like I said, what you just mentioned is a really underrated point. You want to be back deep. You want to keep everything underneath you. Yes, come get 12, right? Try to minimize the explosive plays and give up a field goal here. When you look at turnovers the past three games, South Dakota State, I believe, has turned the ball over once. North Dakota State has turned the ball over four times. I think that's really where these teams are going to try to capitalize. I said, Ben, don't break, but the one team who does get a turnover, then you're a allowed to loosen up a little bit then you're allowed to play a little more man coverage you're allowed to dial up some pressures on some early downs so i think we're going to see two really disciplined defenses try to get aggressive every here and there to try to force a turnover but other than that man i already said it i don't think we're going to get anything out of the ordinary in this ball game. I just can't see it. Who's the pressure on in, in this football game, Stone? It's got to be North Dakota State. It's got to be North Dakota State because if they lose this game, me, along with a lot of realists out there on social media platforms or just people who love watching the sport, right, and definitely the FCS, are going to blame it on Cam Miller. I want to. I'm begging to blame it on Cam Miller. A part of me wants to see him play well and shut me up, but Kev, come on, man. One completion in the semifinal game and then you go lose the national championship game? I have to think that your offensive coordinator and them don't have enough confidence in you to let you air it out, and at the end of the day, it's going to end up biting them in the behind. Well, look, I think they have a lot of confidence in Cam Miller, and I disagree with you. I think the pressure is on South Dakota State, and here's why. Number one seed, they've rolled through the playoffs. The Bison come into this thing, Stone, plus five, and plus 175 on the money line for those that are so inclined. We'll get into that a little bit in segment five, the pick segment. But this feels like the one year down in Frisco where the Bison really have nothing to lose here. And uh, it's it's weird for them not to be favored in this ballgame. And we've seen them play all kinds of teams down here in Frisco. We've seen the, you know, the uh, air it out teams. We've seen the run the ball, play sound defense, try to be a mirror kind of what NDSU does. But I think the pressure's on South Dakota State. They have got to get this monkey off their back of not having a national championship. And I think they felt it all season. And in the press conferences, you hear people ask, is it national championship or bust for the Jackrabbits this year? And the answer to that unequivocally from Jackrabbits players and their supporters has been yes. This is a year they have to win the national championship. And I think that might lead them to come out a little tight, maybe press a little bit. And like you said, I think one turnover is going to be really, really key in this football game, Stone. Yeah, let's talk about coming out 
tight. Because if you remember in this first matchup between the two of them, it was North Dakota State who jumped out to that 21-7 lead, right, with like about 20 minutes left in the ball game. And I think that was the ultimate wake-up call for South Dakota State to go on that dominating trail. And I love that you did bring up, right, that they're underdogs, that they were not even expected to get here, North Dakota State, right, plus 800 before the playoffs even started to win the national title. Obviously, those odds are a lot lower, right? We talked about it, plus 170, plus 150 on the money line now. So that's a big jump. And yeah, they've won nine of the last 11. So when you really look at it, of course, a lot of these kids are saying it's okay if we lose. Of course, they're not saying that out loud. They're not saying that to their teammates. They're not saying to their coaches, but just consciously, right? That's the stuff you think as a ball player, as somebody who plays sports, you just know, okay, you know, if we lose, it's not that big of a deal. But I just think South Dakota State is not playing with anybody. Like they are on this dominating run. They are dominating teams. They are not letting teams breathe. I think they almost want to laugh at you like ah, it's it's hard to put into words and lately I've been watching the Deion Sanders coach prime documentary on Amazon Prime he talks about domination a lot of the times like if you're better than the man across from you there is nothing else to do but dominate and I think if you go position by position South Dakota State should dominate the Bison they should absolutely dominate the Bison in every facet of the game secondary linebacking core up front give me the 605 Hawks I understand how good that North Dakota State offensive line is give me them boys I like the defensive front that South Dakota State has obviously I'm rocking with Mark over Cam Miller. I just think if you go down the line here, South Dakota State is primed to win this ballgame. I think on paper, I just think that they are uh, head and shoulders above this Bison team right now. Look, the distinguished citizen of the state of North Carolina, or as we South Carolinians call it, the lesser Carolina, he likes to say that to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Well, South Dakota State, to be the man, you got to beat the man twice, and that ain't easy, Stone. It's not easy. And you talked about they've won the last three ball games, correct? Correct. Think about that. Like, you got to beat North Dakota State four times in a row, and this one is for the ring. That's not easy. I think, yeah, the odds say minus 170 and they're four or five point favorites, but if you were to ask me and you a year ago and say, hey, South Dakota State, they're going to beat North Dakota State four times in a row, we would have laughed, right? Like, we would have said, that's impossible. And I, I think with us saying that, it does worry me a little bit, right? Trying to beat this team four times in a row. Don't act like these kids forgot how bad that taste was in their mouth. So that does scare me a little bit. I think Isaiah Davis can be a huge difference maker in this. He's been a huge difference maker in every ball game for South Dakota State. But the fact that they have Tucker Kraft back, and I know we talked about it before the Montana State game. You've got to get that young man, the football, in space and let him do some things. I don't care whether you got to hand it off to him on a jet sweep again, bring him in motion and uh, shovel pass it to him. You know, just get him the football, let him make plays. There's a pretty good chance that he's going to be the best player on the football field, regardless of who North Dakota State puts out there. Yeah, I think so, right? Todd McShay's number two overall tight end on the big board, right? Big time Tucker Craft. We saw how he played in that last game out. He looked good. He looked good. I think you have to make North Dakota State focus on him. Try to game plan around him. Maybe he's not that involved when it's all said and done. Three, four receptions, 55 yards. Maybe he finds the end zone. But you have to let North Dakota State feel him and know that he's right there. And at any moment, he could catch the rock and do damage. Are we going to see a highlight reel play from Isaiah Davis, whether he's running the football or pimp slapping defenders? The odds on that are minus 1,000, to be honest with you. We're going to see him do something. I My guess, a hurdle. He's clearing one of these safeties, and he's taking one to the house. It's time for us to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Stone will sit down with Zach Willis from the Bison Report. 
You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at RW Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call RW Stump Grinding at 804 804- 366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stress, call Reggie West. Are you ready for new windows? Renewal by Anderson's windows are the best you can get and their awesome Black Friday event is backed by popular demand. This is an incredible offer and you don't have to get up early or stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book your estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window. And depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is so great. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now, and you don't even have to make a payment until 2024. Wow. It's a very limited time offer, though. It starts on Black Friday, November 25th. It runs through December 9th. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com to set up your free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Going to announce the winner now of the 2022 Bill Schwanke Award for Excellence in Radio Broadcasting for an FCS school. And that winner is with us right now, Mr. Tyler Merriam from the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Congratulations, Tyler. Has your Twitter recovered from that announcement yesterday? My, my Twitter, my Facebook, uh, just my phone in general. Uh, I've been besieged by people. And, and uh, well, first off, thank you very much to you. I know how much effort you and, and, and so many folks put into this. Uh, and, and being able to, uh, to talk to Mr. Schwanke was a great honor uh, the other day. And I'm so blessed to have that opportunity. But it, it, to be honest, the, the best part of this whole thing has been to hear from some folks who I haven't heard from in a while, you know, and, and they see this big announcement and, and reach out and say hi and, and uh, rekindle some text messaging and, and whatnot. That's been really cool. So one of those things that you don't even think about in the moment because you're just caught up in in uh, just in awe of, of, of having Bill Schwanke's name pop up on my cell phone. And then to be able to do this, it's been it's been really cool. It's like winning the lottery, but people still know you ain't got no money, right? <laughs> Well, I guess if you want to put it that way, yeah. I mean, but hey, we, we all know that in FCS radio is where the money really is made, Kevin. That's right. You know, uh, a nationally syndicated show and five bucks will get you a cup of coffee here in Montana. So there you go. Well, may, 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 maybe not at some coffee retail shops. I mean, maybe some. But In Ravalli County, yes. In Missoula, no. But, uh, <laughs> there so, you go. So look, there you go. there's a big game taking place on Sunday on ABC, 2 p.m. kickoff, right? And, and yeah. look, this is going to be very... Very interesting because I feel like we're going to get one of two types of games. We're going to get a 17-14 type job or this is going to be a shootout. What do you think is going to happen and who does a shootout kind of prefer in this game? I'd be shocked if it's a shootout and I say that just because I don't think either team defensively is going to give up that many big plays or more specifically that quick of a big play. I think the touchdown drives are going to be three, four, five, six minutes in nature. You're not going to have this minute 41 minute 38 
And so I, I can't imagine either team putting up points beyond the 30 range. I mean, I just think if it's going to be in that uh, upper teens, low 20s, you know, I mean, you look back and that's typically what it's been. I think, what, 33-21 is a score that comes to mind, 21-17. Last time around, it was 23-21. That certainly is where my mind heads because these two teams know each other so well, and and they're both very sound defensively. I think that's probably the the most intriguing aspect of all of this is that there are no two programs that know each other better. And you say, well, you got rivalries, whatever. You got to keep in mind, these two programs have played in the playoffs now five times in the last decade. So not only do they play every year and there's always so much on that game with both the local regional and the national implications but with all the playoff meetings I literally defensive coordinator Jimmy Rogers said it to me the other day he said we have rules in place uh, on certain schemes on defense that are put in place to stop NDSU we use them all year but there's no point in putting them in if we can't stop NDSU and NDSU has stuff very similarly that are in there in part because of what SDSU does so there's so much knowledge amongst each other that you know what the other is doing that it really adds a, a layer of fascination to it that I, I just love and I can't wait to see what happens. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Tyler Merriam, the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Tyler, when you look at that ferocious run defense that you've had all season, and ferocious I think is the correct word, they get off blocks, they disrupt the play, and you're going to have to do that again and try to make Cam Miller beat you with his arm. I'm not sure if, if he can do it. Well, like you said, NDSU is, is a team you're going to have to stop running the football and you talk about what the Jacks did in the semis turning back Montana State that was the the number one rushing offense in the nation when the semifinals began and DSU's the third best rushing offense in the country I mean they're very very good on the ground and in that first half up in Fargo they had the Jacks off guard and they did some things that uh, you know with with how they use their formations and and and, uh, trades and shifts and things like that and motions SDSU was just a little slow to respond almost overanalyzing everything, which is what NDSU wanted the Jacks to do, and NDSU had over 100 yards rushing in the first half. Keep in mind, Kevin, there's only been three teams all year that have rushed for 100 yards in a game against South Dakota State. NDSU hit that by halftime up in Fargo. But in the second half, they were limited to less than 40 yards in the ground. The Jacks really changed up their game plan at halftime and went to more of a proactive rather than reactive style, and where NDSU had the upper hand in the first half, it was SDSU that got the upper hand in the second half. But I don't think there's any question. This game is going to be decided by who runs the football because like you said if NDSU gets it churning and they're able to run for 250 300 yards and Miller doesn't have to throw huge advantage NDSU if the Jacks get it rolling with Davis and Johnson which they did especially in the second half in Fargo it's advantage SDSU uh, in the last I believe it's now 17 meetings the team that has had the mess the the best time of possession has won all of them that's not an accident okay in this game this is not going to be like the semifinals of the college football playoff where you've got these games in the 50s you're chucking it all over the place. It's going to have a little old school feel to it, and whoever can win that battle at the line of scrimmage and run the football, I think, is the team that'll win the game. And the teams are going to tackle a lot better than what we saw up at the next level, too, aren't they? (laughs) I would hope so. I would hope so, but these defenses are really good, and again, that's part of the fascinating part of all of this, is that you've got some excellent defensive players, and you got two quarterbacks who are just winners. Gronowski's won everywhere he's been. Miller's won everywhere he's been, and you can talk about, well, they're not great drop-back passers, or they don't do this. They're winners. They have great 
great charisma and, and the guys on their respective teams rally around them. That's what you want, right? I mean, you can have all the skill set in the world. If nobody buys in and believes, it doesn't matter. And those two guys just have a way about them that a presence that you can feel. It's palpable when you watch them play and watch how those guys rally around him. Miller had his worst passing day he could ever have, and nobody in that offensive huddle lost a moment of faith in it. And what's that tell you? That's how much they believe in him, and the Jacks believe in Gronowski that way. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Tyler Merriam, the winner of the 2022 Bill Schwanke Award and radio play-by-play voice for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Again, Tyler, congratulations. Thanks for making the time, and look forward to getting a picture made with you down there in Frisco. And look, it's going to be a heck of a time, and it's going to be a heck of a ball game. And I don't have a rooting interest, but I'll tell you what, I am ready to see this game for all the marbles down there in Frisco. Should be a lot of fun. Kevin, thanks for the time, and thank you so much for you and everybody on the committee. I'm uh, honored to be able to uh, win this award. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for the last pick segment of the season. Stone, it just seems like yesterday that that upset special when Delaware beat Navy hit. You've been successful picking those all season. How did we get here? Where does the time go in your life? Does the rest of the year go by as quickly as football season does? It's not for me. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. It definitely does not. You know, you mentioned that Delaware Navy game you called. First off, there was nobody who did that but you. And now you got all the games running through my head right now. A lot of the games we picked. We're definitely going to be more serious about keeping our record because, Kev, if you're out there in FCS Nation and you followed our pick segment all season long, you're rich. Bottom line, you're rich. I know I did. I know a few of our, our listeners that, that you know hit me up on social media did as well, but the pick segment, man, we're hot. We're looking to stay hot. This one, like we've said, it's for all the Marvels, and I think we're going to peg it. Number one, South Dakota State versus number three, North Dakota State. 2 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on Sunday from Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas, and live on ABC Television. The line is North Dakota State plus five, and the money line is North Dakota State plus 175. Stone, how weird is it, first of all, to see a plus sign and points in an NDSU game? And if NDSU wins, you're going to win more money than you put up. Interesting, interesting deal here. Yeah, very interesting. You're going to double whatever you place on that North Dakota State money line. Basically, right, it floats right around that two-to-one number. But this line opened up at three and a half. South Dakota State's way. And now it's climbed all the way up to five. So obviously all the money's coming in on South Dakota State. It's eventually going to have the big money on it, the percentage, the bets placed. I think it all falls South Dakota State. Unless you live up there in Fargo, those are the ones who are placing all that money down. I know a lot of the Fargo crazies are making the trip to Frisco, but this line's climbing and I don't hate it. I do think it is going in the right direction here. For me, as far as how this season's gone, I don't think it's weird that North Dakota State has a plus in front of it. I watched them almost lose to Indiana State. I watched them play some of these close ball games and stuff. So, no, for them to have the plus, I'm not surprised. Who you got, Stone, in the national championship game? Number one, South Dakota State versus number three, North Dakota State. All righty. So this over-under set at 47 and a half, so a little lower than, you know, I'd like to see, but I think that's telling, right? I touched on the preview segment about how I think this game's going to be a dozer. I don't think either of these teams open up the playbooks. I think they're both really stubborn. So for that reason, I think it's going to be somewhat low scoring. I think we had in the halftime like 13 to 10, maybe 10 to 7, 13 to 7, something along those lines. But ultimately, South Dakota State is going to come out on top of this ball game. That I can assure you, 
That is my lock. I love the Jacks in this spot. Kev, 28 to 21. Give me the Jacks. Not me, sir. Because, Stone, I, I have tried to talk myself into picking against NDSU for years. And a few times I've done it. And each time they've made me look real dumb. And I need the help of no other man to look dumb. I can do that all by my lonesome. And as we discussed earlier, the Jackrabbits defense has shut down two of the best rushing teams in America already, and NDSU was one of them. I expect they learn a few things from that. I think Cam Miller's going to come out and look a whole lot better than he did against Incarnate Word. I think what happened to them in that football game with Lindsey Scott Jr. just shook that whole team, and not just the defense, but the offense too. They had not really been handled by anybody ever recently the way that Incarnate Word handled them in that first quarter. And it took them a while to get their sea legs back underneath them, to get back to being the North Dakota State Bison. I think in the long term and for this game, that's the best thing that could have happened to them. They were able to come back and win that football game, showed a lot of resilience, a lot of pride, a lot of poise, and a lot of teamwork. And that is what Bison football is about, Stone. And I think we're going to see that on display one more time down in Frisco on Sunday. Here's what I think. The gambling stuff, eh, you know, I'm not a huge gambler. You know, I'll place one here and there. But, you know, my mama went to Furman. Games of chance are not something I was allowed to do. And I feel kind of feel bad about it every time I do. A little, little guilt. So here's what I think, Stone. NDSU, going to be able to run the ball just enough to set up a few things with play action. Cam Miller's a much better play action passer than he is straight drop back passer. He'll make one read, maybe two. If it's not there, he'll run with it. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see what we've always seen. And like I say, never, ever bet against the Bison. There is no money in it. And don't start now. Take NDSU in the national championship game over South Dakota State. Bison, 28. Jackrabbits, 24. Oh, that's a tough one there. Well, Stone, you got to go out with a bang and not a whimper, right? So I figured... <laughs> That's what I would do there. And look, y'all, we'll have one more show, which will come up next week, where we'll wrap up the season, interview a couple of more new coaches. We appreciate you tuning in to the preview for the national championship game. Many thanks to Tyler Merriam, who won the Schwanke Award this year and is the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. And also to Mr. Zach Willis from Bison Report. Tried to give you a take from each side. Hope you enjoyed it. And look, This is going to bring us to the end of our national championship game preview show. FCS Nation is produced by and co-hosted by Mr. Stone Lebanowitz. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Ms. Stacey Marshall. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. Like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life is a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, So long, everybody. In the Division I Football Championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship subdivision. It's more than a game. 
Honey, would you hand me that chair leg, please? The one from the mahogany dining room set or the oak chair from the living room set? Oh, uh, the oak ones. I think they smell better. Here. Oh, thank you. Mmm, feel that heat. Honey. Yeah. Instead of burning the furniture in our house to stay warm, can't we just get replacement windows? Honey, we've been through this. Those window companies subcontract the workout, and once they get started, well, good luck seeing them again. Not if we use Renewal by Anderson. They only do windows, no subcontractors. Plus, they use certified master installers. All they're going to do is go to a home repair store and pick something off the rack. Heck, I can do that. Oh, hand me that coffee tabletop, please. No, they have in-home consultations, and they're 100% custom. Plus, they're energy efficient, low maintenance, and we won't have to burn any of our own furniture. Okay, I'll call in the morning. In the meantime, do you still have that makeup table you had as a kid? I mean, it's all solid. a perfect fit. Call 406-259-3944. Renewal by Anderson of Montana.